Time again for NSPS Radio Hour. Welcome to all of our guests, whether you're live or, well, I guess you're live when you're listening, but if you're listening live or if you're doing this as a recording, as many of our guests do, but thank you so much for joining us today. This morning I have with me Rex Perry, and it's spelled P-A-R-R-Y, for those who don't understand my southern accent very well. Rex <laughs> is from out in Arizona. Welcome, Rex. Thank you. Good morning to you. Rex is one of the guests who always intimidate me because he's a real radio show host. <laughs> I'm just a guy who shows up every Monday and tries to muddle through an hour with, with people who actually know what they're talking about. So I appreciate your uh, your expertise, Rex, as we go through the show today. And probably more than anything else, I'll, I'll appreciate your understanding for um, the, the amateurism from my perspective in being a radio show host since it's something you do on a regular basis. But if if you would um, give give our audience a little background on uh, on how you got into radio and and what you're doing these days. Well, I've got a background that begins actually in real estate, and uh, I was a title officer, which is the grassroots, the the blood and guts of real estate, and this ties in with your industry of surveying. Because I started as a young 21, 22-year-old working in Utah, uh, going down to the Utah County Recorder's Office and opening up the huge abstract books and following chains of title and plotting properties based off of so many chains and links and rods to the boulder at the southwest corner of the piece of property. And if anybody's a surveyor, understands what a challenge it is to try to work with the old surveying systems. That's very true. It's one of the things that I don't I don't really know because having been doing this job, I'm doing NSPS now for a while, haven't really been very active. Uh, still do a little bit of work, but not an, an awful lot of work. But things have changed so dramatically. I, I actually began my surveying, I wouldn't say it was my career, but it was my first job in surveying way back in the late 60s. Um, but even when I got into the, the land surveying side of it and started doing the work you're talking about, going to the courthouses and and going through all that fun, which really I always looked at it as fun because it was like looking back in time and sometimes going way into the archives. I'm sure you probably got into that once in a while, too, to try to find a description for properties. But um, in, in today's world, I don't think people even go to the courthouse anymore. I think they do it on their computers. Which is, which is amazing, and this ties in with the background in real estate, my real estate radio show, which I've been doing since July 1st of 1999, it's an hour-long program broadcast here in Phoenix, Arizona, and it talks about uh, real estate development. We do a lot of interviews with real estate agents and lenders and title companies, and the focus is really a cross-networking marketing system to help bring people uh, information about pricing and what's happening in the market. So we've been doing that, and we still are. But we've just recently evolved into doing a cable television show because everybody loves HGTV and watching uh, people. It's so funny, uh, Curtis, because people will sit and watch people buy a house in Italy on HGTV, not that they're ever going to live in Italy, not that they've even been in Italy, but it's just fascinating to see what prices are in different parts of the world and different parts of the country. And so that's what our cable television show focuses on now. So we're doing both radio and TV. But let me jump to what I've been working on for the last 10 years is a book about why Canada looks like Canada and why Mexico looks like Mexico. 
And after years of research, I've discovered that you guys in the surveying industry are the absolute important part of bringing civilization to cities and countries. And by doing the surveys and mapping out who owns what so that there are public records, you will fight corruption, you'll be able to establish a steady tax base through property taxes, uh, because when you've got a piece of property that's 100 feet by 100 feet and you need to pay a dollar per square foot per year on property taxes, you can't sneak that property someplace and hide it. It's going to be there, and the taxes will be collected eventually. Very true. And I, I was wondering, and you were talking about uh, how long you've been doing the radio show and, and those kind of things, and, and I'll just interject here really quickly. You mentioned HGTV. Uh, HGTV is dangerous because they have all those people on there who have so many skills at doing things and redoing houses and doing makeovers and all the things that people with actual skills can do. And that sets an unrealistic expectation in my wife who thinks I should be able to do all those things. (laughs) And sometimes I'm not sure which end of the hammer to hold. (laughs) But... But it is a great opportunity, I think, uh, to to reach people because I, I don't know what the actual viewership is on on HD, HGTV, but I suspect it must be really, really high because they have a lot of very different types of programs, and all of them that I've seen are pretty interesting. Yes, yes, and and what it is is, and and this is the direction that my book goes. And the, and the reason we want to tie in with the land surveyors associations is that the secure home, the domicile, the place to raise your children and your family, to be able to sleep at night, here in the western United States, Canada, United States, uh, New Zealand, England, Australia, we just take it for granted because we have this infrastructure that actually began back in 1066 when William the Conqueror invaded Britain. And in order to entice, this is part of my book and the research that I've done, but I've, I've put the real estate paradigm on the history so that people can understand the importance of this. We, to entice the barons to fight with William the Conqueror, he promised them land. And as they conquered England and beat the Saxons, and they got large tracts of land, they became Herefordshire and Yorkshire and and all of the different shires and all of the different counties. I actually was on a mission from the Mormon Church over there for two years, and I love English history, and I studied that. And as I came home and after the last ten years have pulled the history of England and the foundation of surveying and land and maps and how that has played such an integral part of our American history We always talk about George Washington being a surveyor, but in reality, he was a real estate agent because he would go out and survey property and then turn around and sell it on land contract, and that was one of his professions. And that uh, played a big part in our country, too, people from different types of service, but certainly from military service being, as you you said earlier, paid uh, through giving them land. Yes, and of course somebody has to to define that. You you were mentioning going on a mission for the Mormon Church. One of the more interesting things that a friend Gary Kent and I did a while back, um, and I'm sure you're probably familiar with the ALTA ACSM land title survey requirements that 
that's used pretty much in all commercial transactions these days. Yes. Um, and of course, that's our document. We it's this this uh, February, this coming February, when we release the next edition, it's actually going to be called the ALTA NSPS standards because NSPS uh, merged ACSM into our group some time ago. But in, in any case, um, because of the work that we do on there, we actually got called by someone in Salt Lake City a few years ago who wanted to send the survey requirements for surveying for the Mormon Church to us for review, hmm. which was a really interesting exercise. And we found, of course, a lot of the same same items were in what they were doing. Um, hmm. I, sometimes I jokingly, I think I might have even mentioned this on the radio show uh, last week or the week before, I was talking to somebody and one of the things that was different about that contract was uh, the types of language you're not allowed to use on the job site. And that's <laughs> pretty tough for surveyors sometimes, I guess. <laughs> but, and, and let me explain that. We're, the Mormon Church are building Mormon temples, and they're very sacred spaces and places. And so even the contractors, the subcontractors, and the materials that even go in. Uh, I'm in Gilbert, Arizona. We just built a beautiful Mormon temple here. And there were um, there were some um, words that were actually scrawled on some drywall, and it was going to be painted over. And they basically opted to completely rip the drywall out and put in brand new drywall, <laughs> rather than have those wor- words painted over. And they were just graffiti, basically. But the point is, uh, I know what you're saying is that that these are very specific, and and the Mormon Church does these temples all over the world. And so having these property boundaries and surveys and mapping is very important. But let me get back to my point here about George Washington. One of his motivations for showing up at this uh, conference in Philadelphia when they were forming everything at the very beginning was he had surveyed some land, and he went out to check on his land, and there were squatters illegally camping on his land. But there was no government entity to enforce his rights as a property owner to evict them from the property. And lo and behold, he gets back to his place, and I'm making a long story short, and he gets this letter inviting him to come to Philadelphia for an organizational meeting. And he thinks to himself, hmm, maybe we need a government or some sort of entity to enforce property rights, real property rights. And so it's a fundamental part of our country in Canada and New Zealand and Australia and England of these land rights with boundaries, and with that comes, I always say ownership and stewardship go hand in hand because you have to pay your property taxes, and those property taxes fund the schools and the government and the police, and and this is what's lacking in Mexico and Guatemala and El Salvador. They don't have, they do have some surveys, and you probably know this better than I, but they're fuzzy. They're, they're not accurate sometimes. Yeah, I think that's probably true, and um, we we actually had a, back when the NAFTA thing was going on in the late 90s, had an opportunity to go meet with the surveyor groups from the various states in Mexico. We were trying to help them form a national organization because you needed uh, a national organization to discuss NAFTA among Canada, the U.S., and Mexico. And um, we didn't spend an awful lot of time there, but we spent some time and found out some of the things that you're talking about now and the difficulties of trying to figure out how how is this going to work from country to country based and and as you point out Canada and the United States are not dramatically different but it was a challenge and ultimately after i guess the very late 90s maybe early 2000s 
the whole NAFTA thing, in surveying at least, kind of went away. So we did, we never ended up with an agreement. But we were certainly uh, informed to, to some degree about what you're talking about and the, the lack of uniformity. And that's the goal here, especially with organizations like yours, to go into Guatemala and El Salvador and, and, and sell them on the idea of standardization of mapping and public records and uploading it to the Internet to make it publicly, publicly accessible. So once you understand, once you have a record of who owns what, you begin to fight corruption because you now have public records and the president of the country and the governor and the mayor and the chief of police have to disclose or it becomes evident of who owns what and by the way are they paying their property taxes if if there are property taxes and we found in a lot of these developing countries they their, their major source of revenue for tax collection is actually coming in through sales tax and sales tax is the most. Break. Sorry, I'm sorry okay. to interrupt, Rex, but we, we need no to No problem. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Before the break, Rex, we were talking about um, the whole idea of land ownership and tenure and establishment of land rights. And yeah, during the break, you were telling me an interesting little thing about the the pursuit of property being changed to pursuit of happiness. I'm not sure a lot of people know about that. You might want to pick up on that just for a second. Yeah, uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson, in the original rough draft, you can see it where he's written uh, that, and there's a famous line of pursuit of happiness in the uh, Declaration of Independence, and the original word written there was pursuit of property, property meaning real property or land. And then he puts a line through that, and underneath it writes, or above it writes, happiness. And so that is an interesting paradigm. 
in my book, I talk about the founding fathers and in the revolution, they were fighting for their homes and land. If they had not held title and had equity, they would have never put their lives on the line for just freedom. Freedom and property rights and human rights are all tied together. You cannot have human rights without having property rights. Property rights, let me define that. That means that the government cannot kick down your door without a valid warrant or a reason for entry. You uh, Squatters cannot uh, uh, trespass on your land without permission, and you can evict them. In most of the developing countries, Mexico included, they have a law. Now, this is going to blow everybody away, especially in, see, in the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, England. We just can't get our heads around this. But the Spaniards, they have a system that's so corrupt and, and dysfunctional. There's a law in Mexico called invasion, which means invasion. And according to this law, if you leave your property, meaning your home, unoccupied for more than 90 days, anybody can come and get a constable or police officer to come and witness you, a stranger, kicking in the door and moving in. And you can take over property like that, and that is a true also in India and other developing countries because they do not understand property rights. They don't have this record that we live by. Well, I guess that wipes out extended vacations then. <laughs> I, I have a story. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. You go ahead. I have a story in my book of a guy, of uh, a gentleman from Guadalajara, and he asks his sister to keep an eye on his house as he has to come to the United States for an extended business work. So he, he leaves Guadalajara area in Mexico, comes up to stay with another sister. I actually interviewed the sister for the book, and she told me, told me the story. The other sister down in Mexico has an emergency, and she's called away, and, and they're not in contact with each other. And this happened uh, about uh, 1985 is when the story takes uh, place. Anyway, he's gone for about six months. When he gets back to his home, there are total strangers living in his house. And he has to go, this is how their system works. He has to go and find the original constable or police officer that witnessed the invasion, invasion. And then that police officer mediates the argument between the people living in the house and this gentleman that had left the house. And eventually he has to pay the people that are in the house to leave damages. And they leave taking the refrigerator, the washer and dryer, and he moves back into his house because it was, that's just the way their laws are written. And so my argument is with you guys, the surveyors, and if we can sell the developing world on this concept of property boundaries, ownership, public records, and uh, no trespass, and, and establish these, set these in stone, along with covenants and conditions and restrictions, the CCNRs that go along with owning land, that we will be able to help the developing world come out of the malaise, uh, this mess that Mexico and Guatemala, El Salvador, and and Bolivia, I mean, Ecuador, you just go down the list of South American and Central American countries, and they're just dysfunctional because they do not have a functioning survey, mapping, land, land survey, public records accessible via the Internet, none of the disclosures that we have here in the United States. You were talking about Central and South America 
is that is it true more worldwide, or do you have enough research to know if it's if, the, if it's that way in other parts of the world? I'm sure it must be, but I just didn't know if you'd had the research for that. Every developing world that um, uh, Nigeria, uh, the Congo. I mean, these are huge tracts of land, but think about the United States, and we've got some, especially here in the Southwest, we've got some huge tracts of land that are undeveloped. We've got national parks. We've got state parks. We are able to manage those because of you guys. It all begins with a survey. The surveyors are the blood and guts of civilization. They are the, you guys play the key to bringing about stability in these countries. And, uh, yeah, so every place you look, and let me tell you a real quick uh, tangential story that we're connected with in the United States, Puerto Rico. If you pull up a map of Puerto Rico, you'll find, I'm not sure, it's either 20 or 30 different little jurisdictional counties on that tiny little island. In other words, here's a tiny little island, but you have different, it's chopped into, it's like a broken piece of glass. When it comes to surveying, so my point is, look how unstable Puerto Rico is and all the problems we're having because the fundamental land surveying system is not clear and defined. Do you think, just from the perspective of, you were talking about the the gentleman from Mexico earlier who came here and went back to somebody and he had this process he had to go through, do you envision as trying to push this forward and and as i'm thinking about this i'm thinking of international organizations like fig and and i don't know if you know who fig is but it's the international organization of surveyors and nsps our organization is the u.s representative to that group i think there's a hundred countries that are involved in it something like that uh, i guess my my question is with regard to a culture where people have been living in a culture where the invasion type situation is normal do you envision a, a, a lot of difficulty transitioning their their way of thinking to the to the more property rights side of things it is a challenge uh, obviously um, when you're introducing something that is is foreign they are suspicious and so to overcome that challenge I have worked with a, a smartphone app developer and let me shift gears here and I'll try not to do too much of a of a, 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 a tangential jerk here but it pulls together using a smartphone GPS system because you guys in the surveying you guys use these satellite GPS systems nowadays right correct so we've got a smartphone app that as long as you can get a cell phone signal you can pick up the GPS point on a particular piece of property could be in Nigeria could be in El Salvador could be anywhere in the world and using the smartphone do a rough and I I put that in bold letters for you surveyors rough boundary marking of what the people or the individual thinks are the property corners and boundaries take photographs it it allows you to plot the barn plot the home on the property and do some rudimentary plotting and then take photographs of the hut or the barn or the the shack or whatever it is and and photographs of the ownership. In other words, using a smartphone app to completely, totally bypass 
the government, and usually these governments are so dysfunctional anyway that they don't, they're not going to come in and argue with you because they don't have anything to argue, and begin the process of uploading information property by property, uh, person by person, so that you begin the process of creating a county recorder's office, a, uh, a hall of records indicating who claims to own what, and then once there becomes a dispute and you begin to change the paradigm of ownership and stewardship, you bring in the professional surveyors with the GPS systems to, to de- really define the boundaries. So you're looking at it from the more of a localized perspective initially for a yep. particular set of people and unrelated perhaps because here, as you know, we tend to think of land as the big puzzle. I talk about this all the time. Uh, in, in the United States, land is, is this really big puzzle, and all the pieces are supposed to fit together. And what you're talking about is really just beginning to make the pieces of the puzzle to begin with and have a, a, a section of people or a group of people uh, buy into that, so to speak, and then I guess it builds from that. Is that sort of the plan? Exactly. It's it's the grassroots bypass from the corruption of the government to put the power in the hands of the people living on the land in an effort for them to establish their property rights, their ownership through photographs, through data that's uploaded to the cloud that can't be burned or destroyed. And and here, this is ties in. This becomes very crucial right now. Think about Syria right now and these people that are having to evacuate their homes and become refugees. If they had photographs, if they had property boundaries, if they had maps, and if they had some sort of record of who they are, where they're coming from, and if that was in the cloud someplace, establishing these identities and tracking identity would really be a lot easier than we're having right now. And also, if they ever try to return to Syria after the war is over, by having a record of where they lived, photographs of their home, photographs of their family, fingerprints, birth certificates, death certificates, graduation certificates, business certificates, you know, all of this information that we here in the West, we just take this for granted. This is what we do. But the developing world doesn't have a hall of records. They don't keep records like we do. Yeah, I remember years ago, not that many years ago, but 20 or 30 years ago, I guess, uh, when some of the communist countries were becoming less communist or, or maybe going to a different level, type of government. And there was this big effort back then. I know I, I knew some guys who owned a photogrammetry firm, and they were doing flyovers, trying to locate rock walls and fences and roadways and all those kind of things to help reestablish land ownership. And that's exactly what I'm hearing you say, only yeah. in a little bit different way now. but. Um, only in this case, I guess there never was ownership. It's just trying to establish ownership from the get-go here. Yes, yeah, and it's like you said, the big puzzle. We we put the power and have uh, we are, have been in contact with this smartphone app with an organization called Brac USA B R A C U S A dot org. They do these micro loans in the developing world. In other words, they go in and there's a they tell the story of a lady in Nigeria who had um, like 30 chickens, but with a $100 loan, she was able to buy another 50 chickens. 
and therefore the eggs and the income that she was able to generate from the additional chickens was able to finance her oldest son going to school and eventually graduating from university, and now he's supporting and taking care of his mother because he's become a professional I can't remember what the professional was, but the point is that the microloans help Let's people. pick back up on that when we come back from break. You got it. Attention surveyors. Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next-generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. Hello, I'm Pat Rulo, hostess of Speak Up and Stay Alive, the voice for patient safety. Now heard every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. right here at AmericasWebRadio.com. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com. That's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.seanstedt.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Before the break, Rex, you were talking about BRAC USA. Is, is that a, a government entity or is it a privately funded entity or how, how does it work? It's a nonprofit organization uh, that do these microloans, and the microloans are $100 to $500. I don't, they might even go up to 1000 but they're really small, very small loans uh, in different parts of the world, and they do charge interest. It's relatively small, but with that revenue, as those loans are paid back, and they really do have a good record of getting the money paid back, they're able to put the money back into the system and continue to grow and help these developing countries. And so what we're hoping to do is get this smartphone app in the hands of their loan officers or those people on the ground that are taking the loan applications or putting these microloans together and get the photographs, do the surveying, get these, get these rough survey maps up, get pictures of the huts and the barns and the, and the fences and the, you know, get pictures of the chickens and the goats and start establishing a hall of records, a county recorder's office, and using this grassroots system to begin the process of introducing public records and ownership to the developing world. 
Yeah, as you were talking about that, and, and at the break we talked a little bit about you. You made a statement about if the Peace Corps had surveying involved, it, things may have uh, worked out more quickly or better. I guess that that lends itself to the discussion we're just having here about what BRAC USA is doing and the, the concept of the the app that you have trying to set up land systems, so to speak. Um, I, the thought that came to my mind was practicality along with humanitarianism. We we always tend to want to go in and, saw, and ease everyone's burden and help ease their pain, but without creating a stable society, maybe that doesn't work as well. Well, that's the point. You look at uh, you look at the Peace Corps, and I and I, I I applaud John F. Kennedy and the effort and the and the the idea. But what does the Peace Corps have to show in Africa for what is this? Fifty years now? I'm, I'm yeah. losing track of time here. A uh, half a century of work in Africa, and they are still starving, and there's still trouble. There's still problems. And without having these surveys, the, you guys, you surveyors, the, the county recorder's office, the public records, you are the vital infrastructure of every successful civilization. And you can track that from the, from the ice age, from the hunter-gatherers to the point of the, in, in Mesopotamia and, and down there in present-day Iraq where they started farming and you guys put up walls you guys are the key to this whole thing. We always like to think that as surveyors. Uh, sometimes <laughs> we, don't think anybody, we don't think anybody else agrees with us sometimes. So we're, uh, everybody listening to this show are mostly going to be surveyors, I think. So they're going to be really happy to hear you saying that because sometimes we, sometimes we feel unappreciated or, or looked at as though perhaps we're, uh, uh, we're a necessary evil that, that people call us in to uh, to help lay the framework for the land, but truly it is. Um, you talked about being involved in the church, and I told you on break that about my dad being a minister, and people on the show have heard that more times than they want to. But but I think perhaps I know in my case, and I think perhaps in a lot of cases, the idea of helping people is what drives folks towards surveying. I think in a lot of cases because it's just this whole concept that you have this ability that. You have gathered whatever way, some of it God-given, some of it education, some of it experience, um, to be able to do these these things that help people resolve their issues. And, and the ones you're talking about go way beyond Farmer Brown and Farmer Jones arguing over the fence, uh, except perhaps in a case where they have guns. But nevertheless, it, it's, it's an entirely expanded, I won't say different, but an expanded uh, notion that I think surveyors would have a big interest in. I, I'm sure you are aware of some of the international uh, assistance groups like the engineering ministries and folks like that. I know a lot of surveyors who get involved in those kinds of things. So if if this moves ahead and and the whole concept apparently is already working through BRAC USA, what, what would a surveyor do to, to uh, share their talents with that? First of all, if uh, could I give out my website? People can get in contact. Sure. You go to the numbers one two three. The letter B is in business. The letter Z is in zebra. dot com. My contact information is right there on the very first page. One two three. B is in business. Z is in zebra. dot com. And we would really look forward to this international connection with the surveyors and in other countries. 
And, and let me lay out a game plan here. We're able to get this smartphone app. And the amazing thing about we're moving into a, a, a Buzz Lightyear type world where if everybody, and that's the amazing thing, everybody in, in, in these developing countries in Nigeria and Africa and the Congo, they've got smartphones. Smartphones are everywhere. And as long as you can pick up a cell phone tower signal, you can use this app to do rough plotting, and you can do it in uh, you can do it in the rural parts of the country. You can do it within the urban city, and you begin the process of, of uploading information. And it, it's fuzzy to begin with. It's, who knows if it's accurate? But it's eventually you're going to have Mr. Jones next to Mr. Smith, and they're going to say, mm, "No, the property line is off here." And then the surveyors have to come in and basically, and you guys have been doing this for years, laying out the exact GPS satellite coordinates of the property boundaries. And then it begins the process. Once you once you have enough uploads of plots or, or platting done, you begin to create a market. And once you have ownership, uh, you get pride of ownership where people take care of their property, they fix it up. And now you've got a public records or county recorder system so that Jones can now sell his property to Thompson because now there's a way to transfer the title because there's now a public record of who owns what. So it all starts with the survey. It all begins when you guys are able to come in after the rough survey has been done and be able to say, these are the property corners, this is where Smith's property lines are, and and he needs to move his fence over to the east side because he is over the property. And once you start to do that, the legal system begins to get a foundation because now you've got judges where you present the information, you present the survey, you show them the GPS coordinates, and the judge says, you're right, Smith, you got to move your fence, and that's the ruling. And that begins the evolution of civilization. Yeah, I guess from the surveyor's perspective, I would I would look at that just a little bit differently. And that is because finding the GPS locations through a handheld or whatever the case may be, your wristwatch, whatever GPS is working on these days, certainly provides a, a good framework and you can have a, uh, a patchwork, if you will, of what things are supposed to look like. But with the un- uncertainty of, of geographic coordinates, depending on the type of equipment you're using, what the precision of the instruments is and that kind of thing, I would see this more as defining where where the property boundaries need to be, and Jones and Smith are, are having this discussion. And at some point, rather than say, here are your coordinates, this is where your land is, then you would have uh, uh, an agreement between Smith and Jones about, okay, this point on the ground, this monumentation right here, this tree, this rock, this rebar, this whatever, uh, which surveyors can then uh, survey very precisely and very accurately. Uh, precisely is just good repetitive measurement. Accuracy is where it really belongs. And so I would see that kind of collaboration going on because if it's just coordinates, it seems to me that has a ten- that, that has an opportunity to cause issues depending on the, the type of equipment one uses to establish the coordinates. Um, so I, I think the idea is fantastic, and I, I don't see any reason that can't work. But when you get right down to it, when Smith and Jones have to say, yep, here's where our boundary is, they got to be involved at that point. Exactly, and that begins to establish 
covenants, conditions, and restrictions. In other words, this is a collaborative association of property owners within a certain geographic location that are collaborating together saying, these are the, the covenant I'm making is I'm going to live within these boundaries. I'm going to maintain my property because my the way I maintain my property affects the way that your property looks. And the value of your property is is connected with my property because the more secure and the more fundamental and design that we've got in our neighborhood, the more secure the domiciles are, the more secure our families are. It becomes an interactive, collective security system of neighborhoods. Uh, it, this is where it evolves, is what I'm saying. And it all, but it all starts again with that survey and the ownership and these agreements. And again, the owners have a vested interest in the whole community being secure. Oh, absolutely. I, I would agree with that. I guess one question I would have is: uh, we always get back to government at some point. Um, do you do you foresee any issues with whoever the controlling government is at the time to to have issue with these folks saying this is mine and this is his, and and the government saying no, it's all ours? Do you, is there do you see any? difficulties with that here's the interesting thing about governments governments are run by bureaucrats and bureaucrats love a steady paycheck ah, yes <laughs> and if they understand that those homeowners are going to contribute pick a number a dollar a square foot 50 cents a square foot and that revenue from that property tax is going to go into a coffer that's going to pay that bureaucrat salary or the governor's salary, with a covenant from the governor or the mayor or the chief of police that they also are going to pay their property taxes. And by the way, if they're caught with a hand in the cookie jar and they're prosecuted or caught in corruption, they're going to lose their house. See, the home becomes collateral, almost like a bond, to promise that they will keep the law and not be corrupt with the understanding that if they break the law and are caught, they're going to lose their house. That means their wife and their children are going to be kicked out of their secure domicile. It becomes a vested interest in the in the stabilization of their community and their country. And and I can see that application for the for the individuals. I mean, you think about you go back to your own childhood or your or what you own now. You live in harmony with your neighbors. Obviously, you're not out there fighting over. Well, not always, anyway. But uh, generally speaking, you're not fighting over who owns what or or uh, what somebody has and somebody else doesn't have. So I, I can see that building of community would be one of the uh, the major aspirations of something like this, and people having a sense of not only ownership of something, but of a, a camaraderie, if you will, of of their surrounding neighbors. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. So what we've got? Go ahead. Twenty sec. We're twenty seconds from our last break. So we'll we'll come back. We we didn't even mention the name of your book yet. We need to do that, and a couple other things we need to talk about in our in our last segment. Um, as always, time goes too quickly, but uh, we'll go to break here in a few seconds, and then we'll come back and for our last segment. We'd love any surveyors to look that up. One two three bz dot com is my website. And we'll mention that again when we come back. David may have taken us out already. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? 
click on repair department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to specials and sales under the buy now tab at www.schonstedt.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Segment with Rex Perry today. It's a great conversation, Rex. And, and as we were saying uh, during the break, there are so many different um, avenues out there to maybe help this move forward. You did mention the whole thing about um, the the uh, app being free to particular users. Maybe you want to talk about that a little bit so our folks know how that works and, and you get an idea of then how the commerce part comes in. Yeah, the the question is anytime you try to do something, the potential investors or people looking at it with a uh, jaundiced eye say, wait a minute, how are you going to make money if you're giving it away for free? And we always, there's a new paradigm in business and we call it the Facebook paradigm. It's called big data or big data, depending on how you pronounce that. And when you start uploading uh, legal descriptions and addresses and uh, photographs of buildings and homes and businesses, and you keep it in a secure database, you've got to use a username, password, and, and obviously we all know about hackers and that sort of thing, but right now we're just barely getting started. So try to envision uploading millions and millions of plots or surveys, rough surveys. Once you hit a critical mass, and that critical mass is close somewhere between 500,000 and a million, Google, Facebook, Yahoo, Twitter, all these big guys get very interested because they now have information that they can use for the developing world to market to the developing world. And that developing world is coming up very quickly. This smartphone app will help the developing world become more stable. It'll fight corruption because of public records. There's a famous saying by Judge Brandeis, and it is, sunshine is the best disinfectant. Judge Brandeis was one of the Supreme Court justices, and as the United States, and we've had our moments of corruption, obviously, the more public records you have, the more public, uh, you know, what the governor owns, what the president owns, the more disclosures that the, the politicians have to make, 
the more they have to disclose their holdings and stocks, bonds, and bank accounts. The the less corruption you have, the more uh, quality of government you have. And again, because of England and Canada and the United States and New Zealand and Australia, we have public records. We've had public records for generations. It's part of our infrastructure. So this smartphone app is designed to put it in the hands of these nonprofit organizations working in the developing world to begin to take photographs, fingerprints, identification, start building a hall of records so that these people now come out of the shadows, have identity, have ownership, have some sort of track record of who they are, where they live, what they do, and as that number grows from 10 to 100 to 1,000 to 500,000 to a million, the real money comes in the big data. And when you start having maps, you've got photographs, you've got street views. When you are DHL, one of the, like FedEx, trying to deliver something in Mexico or El Salvador to a company that does auto repair, and you're trying to get the auto parts delivered, now they could pay a small fee to access the information so that they can look at the building, look at the land, look at the aerial view so they can find the delivery and save time and money and gas in delivering those auto parts. So this will help economize the the commercial interaction between countries. Speaking of of commerce, this is a little off topic, but I was watching, I don't know, it was one of the news shows this weekend, and it was all about how people in developing countries were using their their smartphones for commerce these days. Uh, one of one of them was a guy, a, a pig farmer, and another one was a lady who uh, grew vegetables in in some. I don't remember what the countries were, but it it just lends itself, I think, to this conversation about the usage of the technology that's out there and available to us today to accomplish um, something as important as land rights that, as you've pointed out, we take for granted here. And that's the key, is to now get these smartphone apps in the hands of the grassroots. And these are smart people. These are motivated people. These are good people. These are people that want to obey the laws. These are people, they do. They want to own stuff. They want to have a suit. It's interesting, if you look at human nature, there are three fundamental agreements, uh, uh, ingredients that people need to survive. Number one is water. Number two is food. And number three is a, a secure place to sleep at night so you can raise your children. And when we're, what we're talking about here is one of those fun, fundamental things that the surveyors and the mapping systems the, the, throughout the world and, and the smartphone app that we're trying to develop, this is one of the essential ingredients that every human being would like to have, and that is a secure place to sleep at night. And that all comes, I'm going to repeat myself here, through the initial survey, the public records, and then the agreement of the property owners within a certain geographic area to secure and help one another in the form of a homeowner's association, in the form of building secure walls around their neighborhood, whatever it takes. Now you've got a community that can create CCNRs, covenants, conditions, and recording, to to collaborate as associates, not communism. We're not talking about tribalism, not socialism. We're not talking really about this is this is an association. This is community. This is cooperation with each other. And that's an important part of human development also. And obviously they all have a, a common interest and a common 
now with with what you're talking about, they'd have a common infrastructure of of stability for themselves as individuals and for themselves collectively. That that makes a lot of sense. And they have ownership, and and the more secure their neighborhood is, the more safe it is, the more valuable their property becomes. It's now desire somebody living in an unsecure neighborhood uh, vis-a-vis you know, different rough parts of different cities would love to go live in a secure planned community with a guard gate to, so that their children can go to sleep at night and they can do their business and they can travel knowing that their wife and children are going to be able to be secure. And so this is the evolution that needs to occur in Mexico. And by the way, Mexico, it's interesting. I, I do a lot of research because I'm in I'm in Phoenix. We're two and a half hours from Nogales, so I drive down to Nogales as part of this research. And they have these neighborhoods where they have a guard with a gun at the gate, and they have these neighborhoods where you can live with a secure domicile, but you pay a lot of money, and their their whole real estate transaction system in Mexico is so antiquated and so fuzzy and so confusing that it makes ownership of land and property very difficult, very frustrating uh, compared to the United States. We've got a, a few minutes left before the end of the show, but so that I don't forget to do this later, I'm not sure we ever told people the name of your book. Now, the name of the book is called The Survey, because it is the crucial part of it, and we have not published yet. It's an online publication. The best thing that people can do if they're interested is make contact with me via my website. The number is 123bzinbusinesszebra.com, 123bz.com. You can also hear some of my podcasts that I do on my radio show. We broadcast on KFNX 1100 News Talk Radio here in Phoenix. It's a local AM talk station, and then I also have a TV show on Cox Cable, which is our uh, cable carrier here in Phoenix, Cox Cable Channel 7, and we're also broadcasting television on Cox Cable Channel 4 in San Diego, and we mainly talk about real estate. It's a real estate networking uh, HGTV type show where we show pictures of homes, talk about prices, financing, that sort of thing, but if people are interested, any of you surveyors out there, any and and Curtis, you've mentioned also potentially getting in touch with any of these international surveying associations. We would love to do that. And and we are uh, the this app development just started in January of this year, and we're going to be ready to upload to Google Play on about the first of February this coming year. So we still have about uh, two or three four months before it's going to be ready for upload to Google Play. But it will be free and people will be able to download it to uh, their uh, smartphones and then test it out. And they can, again, you professional surveyors, please forgive me. I, I'm going to keep using the word rough survey, uh, rough survey, <laughs> because you guys are the experts. You can always come in and really nail it down. But this will give something, you know, put it in the hands of these nonprofit organizations so that they can have something in those developing worlds to really start helping these people. And I think you said earlier surveyors can, and I guess they could do this through your website also perhaps, can learn about these nonprofits if they want to uh, reach out to them and assist, or is that a possibility? Absolutely. BRAC USA, again, we've got to get this uploaded to Google, then they're going to download it to their people 
throughout. But once we start this process, we're going to need those surveyors and those international connections to come in after the rough surveys have been done to really nail down and start getting these uh, boundary agreements, the covenants, the conditions, the recordings, the, to really help these countries paradigm, help them help their heads, you know, wrap around this concept of land and ownership. That's a, a very worthy effort, and it's um, laudable, I think, to uh, to take this on. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm probably going to get myself in trouble for saying this, but uh, I suspect your your faith side of things has had a lot to do with your interest in this because you're so you're, you're so passionate about it, and and I can certainly relate to that as as everybody on the show knows uh, from my background. But um, it, it's something that I think surveyors should be interested in, and I hope people will will reach out. And as you and I were talking about earlier, um, I can certainly introduce you to, the, to uh, the folks in our organization that have ties to those international groups and uh, perhaps find ways to, uh, to build this whole process from the ground up, so to speak. You know what we've done in order to try to raise funds initially because that seed money to get started is always the toughest. We've we've got approval. In fact, this has just happened in the last two to four weeks. We got our 501c3 set up so that we can take completely, totally deductible contributions, and we're doing anything from fifty bucks to five hundred bucks. You know, and we're just starting with the grassroots. But it's called Home H O M. Uh, H-O-M-A-P-P dot org is all brand new stuff, but it's a 501c3, and we've got that. That's the name of the app, H-O-M-A-P-P, the number one dot org. And by the way, if people make contact with me, we've set this up so that we can send you a link and give you the username and password, and you can actually download this uh, beta test to your phone. So you can actually test out the um, smartphone app before it's even uploaded to uh, Google Play. Well, I hate that our time has gone so quickly, but before we leave, I want to thank you so much. And I'll be sharing this information with our group, and I will get more information from you so I can share it more broadly. But uh, it's been great to have you on the show today. Um, folks who know how to do radio make it easier for me. So, uh, But thanks again for being with me today. I really appreciate it, and I'm sure you and I will be talking sometime soon about finding these connections. Curtis, thank you very much for the forum and the opportunity to talk about something. I think if we can do this, we can change the face of the world. I really believe that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.